You are now listening to What the Hell, a podcast dedicated to helping you navigate your way to better health. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 93 of What the Health. I'm your host, Lena Lahire. Thank you so much for joining me. It's been a while since I did a podcast. I feel like every time I record a podcast, I'm like, it's been a while since I recorded a podcast. It's because it has been. And I'm not doing podcasts weekly or even monthly at this point in my life. Because I feel like I'm in a season of rest because I got into grad school and the season of rest is coming to an end rapidly. I've had the last 16 weeks off. I guess the last 14 weeks I start school, grad school in two weeks. And it just, it hasn't even felt long enough. (laughs) I've enjoyed myself so much and just taken the time to do me. But that's what I've spent the last 16 weeks doing. We went to Italy. That was fantastic. Absolutely magical. Uh, I ate everything, all the cheese, all the bread, um, and just lived my best life in Italy. And here we are two weeks away from grad school. I always think it's funny how we really want something and then when we get it we're like oh yeah but this and this and this right so when I I didn't think I was going to get into grad school I was super depressed and then when I found out I got into grad school I was like oh no it's going to be two years of you know pushing really hard I mean everything comes with a cost and it's important to remember that. So anytime we're striving for something, when you get that thing, there will be other things that challenge you through getting that thing, if that makes sense. So it's really good to keep your perspective on that. Speaking about perspectives, do you ever find yourself asking yourself, why do I do the things that I do? If you are a person such as myself, who enjoys self-awareness and inquisition about why you do the things that you do, why you think the things you think, you behave in the ways that you behave. I find myself asking that question a lot. And what it really comes down to is our coping mechanisms and our ability to tolerate stress. I had this conversation with my sister the other day. When does something become a coping mechanism? And when is something just a practice that you engage in? So for example, I've had many, many different coping mechanisms throughout my life. One of them has been exercise. Exercise is also a healthy lifestyle choice a part of a healthy lifestyle. So when does something that's a lifestyle practice become a coping mechanism? I found myself asking that. And how can you tell the difference? What it boils down to is your ability to tolerate stress. And if you're going to that coping mechanism 
in order to handle whatever stressor that is. So this would also suggest that coping mechanisms aren't always bad. They may not always be beneficial, but they always, always serve a purpose. Our brain will do whatever it needs to do to keep us safe. We have a biological need, requirement to be safe. If we're not safe, we die. And if we die, we do not proliferate and our species ceases to exist. And so it is of the utmost importance that we are kept safe. Even if we are not physically in danger, if we're under an uh, immense amount of stress, whether that be physically or, or emotionally, our brain and our body will do whatever it needs to do to keep us safe. And one of the ways it does this is through various coping mechanisms. So we'll take me for an example, just so you understand what I'm talking about. And then you could probably see it in your own life as well. And I'll show you how not every coping mechanism is bad and which ones are beneficial, why we need them, and how to increase our tolerance for stress. When I was younger, I developed an addiction to drugs. That addiction was a coping mechanism. It was a coping mechanism to help me deal or not deal with the trauma I had experienced growing up. One of the ways that helped me overcome a drug addiction was I found exercise. So I jumped from one addiction, one coping mechanism, to the next, from drugs to exercise. Exercise then became my drug of choice and the way that I coped with everything that I had been through, through feeling weak, through feeling vulnerable and exposed. And I used exercise as a way to manage that inner turmoil that I had going on. Some people might think, well, that's not bad, right? It's better than drugs. It is better than drugs. But anything in excess can be harmful. And exercise was no exception. So I exercised in a way where I didn't deal with my emotions. It wasn't just a way for me to manage stress. It was a way for me to run away and to hide. And I used exercise to the point where it became extremely unhealthy and unproductive and counterproductive for my body. I wouldn't listen when I was injured. I would push through injuries. I'd be constantly hurting myself, constantly beating myself up emotionally. Exercise was a form of punishment instead of a celebration of what my body could do. And that coping mechanism turned into something that was quite harmful. I've developed many coping mechanisms, as I said, in my life. When I started to realize, or when I had no other choice through injury after injury, of 
understanding how exercise has had been used as a coping mechanism and had gotten to a place where it was really damaging my body, I had to back away. And so I took that coping mechanism out of my life or it was taken away for me. I remember when I was 19 years old, I ran my face off. I was like running 15 kilometers a day on top of two hour workouts and, you know, under eating and all of the things. And I got a stress fracture in my shin, my tibia, and I couldn't run for six months. And that coping mechanism was quickly taken from me. Well, you better bet that I found another coping mechanism in which to go to because my window of tolerance for stress was so small and that stress was coming from all of these internal processes all these internal things that had happened to me that I hadn't dealt with and not dealing with those things decreases our window of tolerance. We all have a window of tolerance for stress. Some people's window is quite big and other people's window is quite small. And when we've been through really traumatic experiences, we that window decreases in size. And so lots of different things that could come into our life that, you know, may not require a level of engagement that we give it or other people can experience something and it kind of just rolls off their back but when we experience it we you know blow up or we get really irritable or really controlling it's because our window of tolerance for stress is so small and the goal if we want to increase our mental fortitude is to get that window to expand. And one of the ways that we do that is we do our internal work and we understand why we do what we do. One of the ways that we do not increase our window of tolerance for stress is by taking all of our coping mechanisms away. We develop those coping mechanisms for a very important reason regardless of how functional or dysfunctional they are. I'm going to give you another example because it it highlights such a, a great point. When I developed an eating disorder, that eating disorder was a coping mechanism, but it was a way for me to control something in my life when I felt very out of control. If you haven't listened to previous podcasts or I haven't divulged this information, when I was 20 years old, I was raped. And that control, that body autonomy was taken from me. And an eating disorder was the perfect way that I could get that sense of control back. Because I could control what went into my body. I could control how much I ate how little I ate, and even though it was completely dysfunctional, it actually wasn't. It served a function. It served a purpose. And later on in my life, now, I can be thankful and grateful 
for that experience and that eating disorder part that was that wounded part saying like I know that control was taken from you I'm going to do whatever I can to protect you and we're going to control the situation so you never have to experience that again exercise became a way that I did that too and tried to take control back I'm making my body really strong no one was ever going to hurt me again and so when we're trying to increase our window of tolerance for stress and maybe we've developed some coping mechanisms that aren't always healthy and they're not you know serving the purpose that we really want them to the last thing we want to do is to strip ourselves of all of our coping mechanisms what that will do is that will put us into this red zone there's a green zone where we feel safe the yellow zone where we're like uh you know i'm kind of you know I'm, I'm not feeling so sure but i mean okay I'm, I'm still kind of i could maybe have one foot in the green one foot in the yellow I, i'm i'm okay but when we're in the red zone we're completely overwhelmed unable to cope we dis- we dissociate we retreat we withdraw we blow up we do whatever to get back into that green zone and this is uh, synonymous for that window of tolerance for stress and so what we what we want to do is inch our way into the yellow zone without taking all of those coping mechanisms away and not every coping mechanism is bad like i said how do you know when something is a lifestyle practice and how do you know when something is a coping mechanism so if you are under a lot of stress and you have a tendency to overeat when you're stressed obviously we all need to eat so eating a meal can just be a part of life or it can be a coping mechanism it depends on the intention behind that behavior and so if you're using your coping mechanism to avoid something or as a way to deal with intense emotions to withdrawal to hide in then it becomes a coping mechanism for exercise are you going for a workout because it's a part of a healthy lifestyle practice it's what's you it's what you do you care about your health and you're going to engage in it however what if you had to miss that workout what are you going to do how are you going to behave how are you going to think if your whole world comes crashing down because you missed one workout or you get really irritable or your whole life centers around this one thing that is a coping mechanism you're using that thing as a coping mechanism that's different from just exercising daily and if something comes up you're like oh no problem I know I'm going to get to the gym tomorrow anyway, so today was just a day. Yeah, it might, you know, make you a little bit irritated, but it's not going to like make your world come crashing down. So anytime our life centers around something and like we become unhinged on that thing, or anytime we're using something to withdraw, to hide in, to run away to, as a way of not dealing with something else that's stressful that's a coping mechanism 
However, that's not always a bad thing, right? Like our job as human beings is to cope with our changing situations. And so lots of different things can be coping mechanisms. Uh, self, self-soothing self can be a coping mechanism. Going for a walk when you're feeling angry instead of blowing up at your partner can be a coping mechanism. Those aren't always bad things. But when these coping mechanisms stop you from doing the internal work that's needed to heal, or they start damaging your health and running your life, that's when they become issues. And we have to get real with ourselves about what are we doing on a daily basis that's helping us and what are we doing on a daily basis that's actually a coping mechanism that's not helping us because instead of doing the work that we need to do, we're just turning to this other thing. And we can be very convincing to ourselves like, oh, I just care about my health. That's why I'm exercising like this. Or, oh, I just care about, you know, my diet. That's why I'm being, you know, really meticulous in what I eat and weighing everything and doing, you know, all the things, all the eating disorder behaviors, uh, intermittent fasting too long or skipping meals or, you know, all the all of the things that we can convince ourselves to, different diets, different food sensitivities that we, you know, quote unquote, have. These are all very clever ways to distract us from doing the work that we need to do to heal whatever is going on inside, whatever is causing us to turn to those practices as a way to cope. So when we're doing that internal work, it's going to bring up a lot of different stressful feelings. And in those moments, it's important not to take your coping mechanisms away. When you're doing any kind of work, especially when it's centered around trauma, your coping mechanisms are going to be forefront and you're going to want to engage in them even more. And as long as you're aware that that's what you're doing, I don't see any harm in engaging in those coping coping mechanisms as long as they are legitimately not harming you. So if I take all of these away, then I'm not actually going to be able to do the work that I need to do in order to not have to turn to those coping mechanisms. That doesn't mean you just get a free pass for your entire life. Oh, it's just a coping mechanism and I just, you know, don't want to be too stressed. Because like I said, we also don't want to live in the green zone our whole life. But we don't want to live in the red zone either. Because then we're not even going to be able to cope with the change that needs to happen. Our job is to tiptoe gently into the yellow zone. Stay there for as long as we need to stay and then go back to the green zone. And we do that with time. We do that with gentle processes, understanding our coping mechanisms, acknowledging them, honoring them, and then giving ourselves the validation, the love and compassion that we're requiring. So when you find yourself asking, 
why do I do this? I hate that I do this. I hate that, you know, I'm not even hungry and I just go and I like eat everything in the cupboard. Understand that that's a coping mechanism and that that is serving a purpose. It's functional in its dysfunction. It's, it is there to help protect you, protect you from something else internal or external, something that's stressing you out so you don't have to deal with it. When you understand that what you're engaging in is a coping mechanism, you acknowledge it, you honor it, and then give yourself the space to deal with whatever it is you need to deal with, then over time, you'll no longer require that coping mechanism. Or maybe that coping, maybe you will. Maybe you'll use that coping mechanism for the rest of your life, but you'll understand that that's what it is and it won't be so strong. And maybe sometimes you're going to be like, you know what? I knew I shouldn't have eaten that whole bag of cookies, but I just did. Today was a day. And I knew that that's what I was doing. I knew it wasn't going to be helpful, but in that moment, I made that decision. At least you can take ownership and you're not controlled by these seemingly insatiable behaviors and thoughts and desires. When you understand that there are coping mechanisms that are there to serve a function and that function is to keep you safe, then you put down your weapons against yourself and you enter into a space where you have the ability to heal. If you're always fighting yourself, you will always be under attack. And if you're always under attack, you will always be under stress. The goal of healing is to not suppress what's uncomfortable or what you find scary or wrong. It's to understand why it's there. And if you can't even acknowledge it, then how do you expect it to change? This is why I love parts work. And I've talked about internal family systems therapy before, but I love parts work because we've spent so much of our lives trying to suppress desires and urges and coping mechanisms and thoughts and behaviors instead of asking and really, really wanting to know Why do I do what I do? Why do I think this way? Why do I behave this way? Why why did I just blow up at my partner when they, you know, use this tone? Was it really about that? What's really going on? And when we become inquisitive, that's where change can take place. Not like, oh, I shouldn't have done that know that that was wrong. You're going to change. You'll do better. Tomorrow is a new day. Tomorrow is a new day. But you have to understand why you did what you did today. In order to heal today, you have to understand what your brain and body put in place that happened to you most likely years and years and years ago in order for you to be behaving and thinking and doing in the ways that you think, behave, and do today. If you want your future self to be different, you have to understand your past self. You have to understand why you do what you do. 
And you do those things because they're keeping you safe. I find as women, I don't know if men go through this because I'm not a man. But as women, I think you'll be able to relate. I used to say, my body hates me. It's just like fighting against me. My body's out to get me. It's like you gain weight and my body's out to get me. First of all, it's not. And from an evolutionary standpoint, that is absolutely ridiculous. It makes no sense because if your body was scheming plots against you and trying to kill you and, and you know, always out to get you, you would die. That absolutely just does not make sense from a biological basis. But from a spiritual basis, it doesn't make sense either. Why would your body be out to get you? It's not out to get you. It's doing what it has to do to protect you, regardless of how functional or dysfunctional that is. You develop the coping mechanism as a way to help you deal with whatever you had to deal with. And while there may be repercussions for that coping mechanism, like overexercising, inhibiting our hormones and our ability to perform and increasing our risk of injury or you know eating disorders wreaking havoc on our body or addictions wreaking havoc on our finances and our body and our family life they all serve a purpose they all serve a purpose and one day remember someone saying this one day you're going to see your struggles as your greatest gifts i thought how stupid is that? Like, how could I ever, ever see this horrible thing that I'm doing as a gift? And now I see it. I see it for what it is. And I have so much compassion on those coping mechanisms. So much compassion. So this is what I love about doing the work. And when I say the work, I mean the inner work to actually heal to become that person that you really are, to move past all of these coping mechanisms, but to also honor and respect them. This is what doing the work is all about. And I will tell you, if you have yet to uncover why it is you do what you do, I will tell you now, it's a slow process. It takes time. It takes an immense amount of compassion and gentleness and ease and often requires the help of a professional. It is very helpful when someone can make the space for you that you won't make for yourself and to help you understand and to witness to those parts of you that need healing. Because sometimes we're just not able to get there ourselves. And so if you're on a journey of self-healing, I just want to encourage you that even a tiny step forward is still a step. Even a tiny step backwards is still a step. It is a slow, never-ending process. We never arrive. It's much like health. We never arrive at health. It is something that we're constantly doing and engaging in. And that inner healing and that awareness, it 
It never ends. And so be patient with yourself. Give yourself time and give yourself space. If you want to increase your window of tolerance, do not, I repeat, do not take all of your coping mechanisms away. Maybe choose the best ones. Like choose the best ones that are the least harmful that you acknowledge and can understand and respect the most. There's that. Choose the best ones for you that are the least damaging. And as you heal, that window of tolerance for stress will grow bigger and bigger and bigger. And you will have less, a less and less need to engage in those coping mechanisms. So I hope this little short episode gave you some food for thought and that it has spurred you on to take care of yourself in whatever ways you need to. Thank you guys so much for listening. I look forward to our next episode. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you gained better insight into how you can be the healthiest version of yourself that you can be. If you haven't done so already, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and please leave me a review as your reviews get this message of better health out there. You can also follow me on Instagram at Lena Jade's Healthy Life, where I post fitness, nutrition, and psychology content. All right, you guys, that is it for today. Thank you so much for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode. And as you go throughout your day, always remember, you are powerful over your health.